Yorks Evangelist, and welcome to one month to operationalizing your compliance program. This month, I'm proud to have as my sponsor, Oversight Systems. With the recently released Justice Department Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs, it is mandated that you must operationalize your compliance program. Oversight Systems Automated Transaction Monitoring Solution Insights on Demand for FCPA provides a centralized transaction monitoring system that automatically identifies risky behavior and facilitates efficient resolution of any issues. The analytics look for behaviors or patterns of FCPA risk across expense reports and card transactions in T&E or invoices and payments in AP and addresses three areas of operationalization of your compliance program. Number one, it monitors transactions and activities for improper behavior. Number two, allows you to perform compliance audits around travel and entertainment and procure to pay. And number three, be able to demonstrate how policy compliance is reinforced throughout your organization. For more information, check out their website, oversightsystems.com. With the February release of the Justice Department's Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs, the operationalization of your compliance program is mandatory for you to receive any credit under the Department of Justice pilot program or even going back as far as the Yates Memo. If you listen to this podcast over the next month, you will have a good basis for operationalizing your compliance program. I hope you will enjoy this journey with me. I look forward to answering any questions that you might have. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening. Day 11, internal control objectives. Today, I want to explore in some detail the first objective in the COSO 2013 framework, the control environment, as a path to operationalizing your compliance program. This objective lays out five steps that you can take to put the responsibility on functional corporate disciplines to imbue compliance into the very fabric of your organization. So what is a control environment? Rittenberg says it sets the tone for implantation and operation of all other components of internal control. It starts with, with an ethical commitment of senior management, oversight by those in governance, and a commitment to competent employees. As you can see, this speaks directly to the compliance discipline, and by following these five articulated principles, you can operationalize your compliance program. So what are the five principles of the control environment? Principle number one, the organization demonstrates a commitment to integrity and ethical values. What are the characteristics of this principle? First and foremost, it is that an entity must have the appropriate tone at the top for a commitment to ethics and doing business in compliance. This means that an organization must establish standards of conduct through the creation of a code of conduct or other baseline document. The next step is to demonstrate adherence to this standard of conduct by individuals and indeed throughout the entire organization, including third parties who you have contracts with. Finally, if there are any deviations, they would be addressed by the company in a timely manner. This requires you to be able to assess whether or not a company has met its requirements to ethics and compliance and whether that commitment can be effectively measured and assessed. Principle number two, the board of directors demonstrates independence from management and exercises oversight of the development and performance of internal controls. This principle requires that a board of directors establish oversight 
of a compliance function separate and apart from the company's senior management so that it operates independently in the compliance arena. There should be compliance expertise at the board level, which allows it to actively manage this function. Finally and, mo finally and most importantly, a board must actively provide oversight on all compliance control activities, risk assessments, information, compliance communication, and compliance monitoring activities. Here, in, you must interact with, or rather to assess, you must interact with the board's compliance committee or appropriate committee to determine inter independence of the actual board oversight. Principle number three. Management establishes with board oversight, structures, reporting lines, and appropriately authorizes and responsibility in pursuit of these objectives. This may not seem as obvious, but it is critical that a compliance reporting line go up to and through the board. Under this principle, you should consider all of the structures of your organization and then move to define the appropriate roles of compliance responsibility. Finally, this principle requires establishment of appropriate authority within the compliance function. So you must be able to assess whether compliance responsibilities are appropriately assigned to establish accountability. Principle number four. The organization demonstrates a commitment to attract, develop, and retain competent individuals in alignment with these objectives. This principle gets into the nuts and bolts of operationalizing compliance. It requires that a company establish compliance policies and procedures. Next, there must be an evaluation of the effectiveness of those compliance policies and procedures and that any documented shortcomings be addressed. This principle also turns to the human component of a compliance program as a company must attract, develop, and retain competent employees in the compliance function. Lastly, a company should have demonstrable compliance succession plans in place. You must be able to demonstrate a commitment to attracting, developing, and retaining competent employees, and more generally, employees who accept the company's general principles of doing business ethically and in compliance. Here, this ties directly into the Department of Justice's evaluation under section number three, or prong number three, under empowerment and funding and resources. Obviously, these two prongs, or subparts of the prongs, take a deeper dive, but you can see how it ties back into the COSO principles. Principle number five, the organization holds individuals, individuals accountable for their internal control responsibilities in pursuit of the objective. This is the stick with it principle. A company must show that it enforces compliance accountability through its compliance structures, authorities, and responsibilities. A company must establish appropriate compliance performance metrics, incentives to do business ethically and in compliance, and finally, clearly reward such persons through the promotion process in an organization. Such reward is through an evaluation of appropriate compliance measures and incentives. Interestingly, a company must consider pressure that it sends through off-messaging. Finally, each employee should be evaluated in his or her compliance, coupled with rewards and discipline for employee actions around compliance. This principle requires evidence that can be 
demonstrated that there are processes in place to hold employees accountable for their control objectives. Conversely, if an employee does not fulfill the compliance objectives, there still must be identifiable consequences. Lastly, if this accountability is not effective, internal controls should be able to identify and manage compliance risks which are not effectively mitigated. The COSO formulation for internal controls is a key component of any best practices program, whether that's based on the FCPA or some other anti-corruption law such as the UK Bribery Act. <clears throat> Moreover, it is probably the most utilized internal control function formulation rather under Sarbanes-Oxley 404 reporting and therefore should be well known to your corporate internal control function and accessible to you as a chief compliance officer or as a compliance professional. In addition, the principle, principle listed here provides a roadmap for testing and evidencing of your compliance program going forward. You really should not fail to take advantage of this because this clearly speaks towards the imbuing the operationalization of your compliance program. So what are the three key takeaways? Number one, the COSO 2013 framework sets up a structure which the compliance practitioner can use to put compliance into the fabric of an organization. Number two, for any public company, using the COSO framework will allow full response to any SOX 404B inquiry by regulators or auditors. And I would also suggest to you, it will allow you to properly make disclosures in your 10K as required under SOX as well. Number three, the control environment objective allows for not only the implementation of controls, but also requires individual accountability, which is a key and specific component of the Department of Justice evaluation of corporate compliance programs. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to Day 11, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for Day 12 of one month to operationalizing your compliance program. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to thank you very much for listening to today's episode of How to Operationalize Your Compliance Program. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. If you've listened to this podcast via iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate us. It would help on our rankings and help get the word out about how to learn about operationalizing your compliance program in one month. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening and I hope you'll join me tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.